on your PC, iPod or smartphone, this is the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Coming up on the 27th edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast for 2017, we catch up with a rising star from Launceston, Daria Bannister. We chat with the St Kilda Sharks, Karen Ralph. We talk AFL London Women's League Grand Finals with Mitch Skelly, Mariana Graham and Ben Beetson, plus our State League's wrap with Lauren Hodgson, Aaron Russell and Matthew Cox. That's all coming up on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. <laughs> I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the 27th edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast for 2017, our third year of doing these podcasts. And a quick reminder, you can listen to this podcast as a radio program Wednesday evenings from approximately 6pm on RSN Carnival Digital Radio in Melbourne. Just two quick notes before we get to our first interview. First of all, our Swiss Wellness VFR Women's Match of the Round this week will be second versus first, Darabin versus Diamond Creek at Preston City Oval. It's going be a cracker of a game. Now, the radio call will be live on air from 9am via RSN Carnival Digital Radio and the RSN Racing and Sport app. And also, we'll be putting our commentary to the live VFL video stream of this match. So from 10am, if you go to vfl.com.au, you can watch the video stream of second versus first. Going to be a sensational game this Saturday morning, 5th of August. Also, the AFL International Cup kicks off this weekend. First round matches begin on Sunday this 6th of August in Melbourne at Royal Park. Ransford Oval is where the women are playing their games. Four games in a row, back-to-back, starting at 8.45 in the morning, kicking the dew off the grass. Great Britain Swans versus Pakistan, followed at 10.30 by uh, Canada taking on Fiji. 12.15, Papua New Guinea and the European Crusaders. And then at 2 p.m., Ireland versus the USA Freedom. All those games are being live-streamed via aflic17.com.au. Check out the AFL International Cup page to watch live women's international Aussie rules football. So let's get into our first interview. We've got on the line an 18-year-old woman who's hoping to be picked up in the AFLW draft in October. She plays for Launceston in the Tasmanian State League women's competition, has represented her state at youth girls level and the allies team that played in the under-18s championships last month. We speak of Daria Bannister. Daria, how are you? Good, how are you? Not too bad at all. Great to have you on the line. Let's take a step back for a moment. I believe you were only just a recent convert to footy. Weren't you just joining the Launceston Football Club last year? Yeah, I did. Um, I started playing netball first of all, so then I decided to play football in high school and um, only playing for two years, so very uh, new to the game. And, of course, uh, the Launceston Blues currently playing in the Tasmanian Women's State League. How have you found the level of that competition? Because for you, I think it was, uh, first of all, as a 17-year-old uh, playing senior women's footy, how have you found the standard? Yeah, well, this year um, we've put into regional and state league competitions. So this has created a higher standard of football and gives the Tassie girls an opportunity to play at a higher level and put their name out there for an AFLW club. Since this AFLW has come along, have you seen a different attitude, even in just the last 12 months, of how your teammates and others are training and how they're preparing themselves for match day and also obviously warm down and recovery? Yeah, I think like now the opportunity for, you know, playing in the AFLW competition, the girls have been more excited and obviously have something to train hard for now. So, yeah, the girls are 
really trying hard and putting their names out there for the clubs to be looking at. Do you recall the moment you were given the invitation to train with the AFLW Academy in Canberra earlier this year? Yeah, that was an exciting opportunity for me. Um, having exposure to AFL women coaches such as Katie Brennan, Ashley Connor, Renee Force and Cara Bowers who have been playing AFL women for the first time, um, giving us programs like strength programs, fitness programs. It's just another opportunity for you know the draft in October. And how's it been trying to absorb that in, all the information that they're giving you? Because I think they only had something like a week with you of trying to pick their brains and get all the knowledge that they can to obviously incorporate into your game. Yeah, it's obviously been uh, a bit to take on, but um, that's sort of stuff you have to take on when you become like a professional footballer in that industry. So, no, it's been good to have that exposure and hopefully um, if I get drafted this year, then I'm already used to it. You, of course, also got uh, selected to play for North Melbourne in February. Now, this was a combined side uh, between uh, Melbourne University, uh, players who weren't playing in the AFLW, and a select group of Tasmanians. How did you find that experience? Yeah, that was a good experience, especially for, you know, some Tassie girls that haven't had that exposure to the higher level. So um, being able to play with some Melbourne uni girls and um, having that exposure to higher standards of football, you know, it was really good for the Tassie girls and, you know, having an alliance with North Melbourne and getting more Tassie girls noticed, um, you know, a bit good for them and being a part of the AFL women's team if they end up getting a Tassie side in or, um, you know, being a part of the team playing in their own state. So, no, it's good. North, North Melbourne, of course, is making investment into Tasmania through their academies program. So after that match uh, you played um, during the summer, have they kept in contact? Has the program continued on since then for you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have. Like, they, um, they're pretty keen to stay in contact and develop the girls down here as well and um, dish out more uh, training sessions with some of the girls as well. So it's been good to keep in contact. Of course, you represented Tasmania in the first round of the under-18s competition uh, when you played against uh, the Northern Territory and South Australia. How did you find that experience going away as a team and uh, uh, and particularly the second year that Tasmania had their own under-18 state side? Yeah, once again, it's a good opportunity to go away and play at a high, high standard. You know, this is my last year, so I wanted to go out there and, you know, give it my all. And I got to captain the girls as well, so we... Our Kaiser girls are about to bring in a new whole team full of youth girls coming through and so much talent in there. So I was pretty happy to captain the girls through that. Um, and yeah, so it later led on to the Allies squad, which was really good to be a part of as well. And um, yeah, we bonded really well in Queensland and we actually won all of our games. And we were coached by Beck Goddard, who's Premiership uh, winner and coach of uh, Adelaide. So that was a good an exciting opportunity for us. Can you explain to us from a player's point of view what Beck's coaching style is like? Because uh, she's having a unique run at the moment. It, like you said, she's a premiership coach at AFLW, and that's where she's had to pull sides together from um, from the Northern Territory and South Australia. She did it in New South Wales, combining New South Wales and ACT girls together. And, of course, as you said, for the Allies, combining girls from Tasmania, South Australia and NC all together to play together under one banner and to win all their games. What is it, do you think, what, what is Beck's style that cuts through? 
Yeah, she has a she has a unique style. She she understands each individual player that she has on her team, and yeah, just AFL women's team uh, competition. That's what it's about: bringing teams together, different players, and you know, going out there and playing good football. But it's pretty simple, like just playing to your own strengths, and that's what she wants you to do: and go out there and just play your role. And what feedback did she give to you personally that she wants to see you develop and become so obviously you can reach your potential at AFLW? Uh, obviously, I know where I need to improve. We did, you know, a lot of, like, feedback stuff and, you know, goal setting and stuff. So she made me realise what I wanted to do and um, what I wanted to achieve in the goal, uh, in the games. And, yeah, I sort of know what I want to do now and how to get there. And as we mentioned about AFLW, now that obviously young women have the opportunity to look up to uh, open-age women playing football on the national stage, so they don't have to be compared against men, you know, in the past someone say, oh, you play like a Joel yeah. Selwood type, etc. Now you get to say you're compared against a Katie Brennan, a Darcy Vessio, whatever that might be. You've had a chance to watch AFLW. Do you see your style of play in any of the players at the national stage? Who do you think that you best resemble? That's a bit of a tough one. Um, best resemble. Or at least that you try to mimic. It's a style of player that you would like to try and become. Yeah, I think uh, Katie Brennan is a standout for me. Like She's uh, one of the main girls in AFL women's competition that most girls look up to. You know, she, Some girls aspire to be and stuff like that. So you know, being able to meet her and train with her and um, get to know what she's like outside football as well, owning, uh, owning her own business and stuff, you know, that's sort of stuff I look up to and, you know, sort of want to become. So, yeah, mainly Katie Brennan. And actually, I believe you're partially following in her footsteps. If I'm correct, you're actually studying in fitness as well and looking to pursue that as a career on top of your football. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm studying, you know, food and nutrition and sports science and stuff. And, yeah, hopefully, I. Uh, do some of the stuff that she's doing. Now, unlike obviously in WA where they can uh, apply for the WA draft and, and be taken by Fremantle, same in Queensland if you want to play for the Lions, uh, Tasmania aren't aligned to any club as yet, so you actually have to pick what pool you want to nominate for. Have you come into, to a decision yet of what state's pool you want to put your hand up to possibly be drafted from? Yeah, it's uh, obviously a tough one since we don't have a team down here that we align with but um, you know I'm happy to go wherever I'm happy to move because um, being a part of the AFL women's competition would mean so much um, but um, I want the best outcome for me so possibly Victoria based and obviously there's more opportunities there with being the four teams. Yeah. And obviously there's a couple of Tasmanians that have gone over there. As we know, Emma Humphreys played at Melbourne and, of course, uh, Elise Campbell with the Western Bulldogs. Um, for, your, yeah. for yourself, you're playing in the Tassie State Women's League at the moment, running around with uh, plenty of good quality women's footballers. Um, in your mind, who are some of the players that you think from Tasmania that have probably gone under the radar that, uh, that might be worth a look if they try and nominate for the draft? Yeah, I think uh, Abby Green from Launceston uh, Football Club, she is one of the uh, tallest rock in the competition for us. Um, she's got strong hands. She's really good up forward. Um, obviously, needs to touch up on a few skills, but I think she 
um, should be noticed a bit more. And Naomi Celebrity, who is also from Launceston, um, strong forward, a bit like Darcy Bestio, not afraid to go up for a mark. And every time she puts the um, football on the boot, she just ends up getting a goal somehow. Just, yeah. So those two stand out for me. That should be more looked at. And obviously for Launceston, having a great season at the moment, sitting second on the ladder, uh, a possible tilt at the Premiership flag. Yeah, we, um, we've been waiting for that moment. Um, we're training so hard and hoping we can get the win at the end of the year. So it'll be a tough one against Clarence and Glenorchy. Physicality and, um, you know, skills and everything, the high standard. So, you know, we're looking forward to the challenge and hopefully we come out on top. Well, Daria, thank you very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy. We wish you all the very best throughout the remainder of the Tasmanian Women's State League and then, of course, the AFLW draft coming up in October. Thank you. Now, here at Girls Play Footy, we love getting behind the various causes being promoted by the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Clubs, whether it be the Pride Day out in Hamilton that we covered back in June between Darabin and Melbourne University, whether it be Darabin and the Eastern Devils competing last month for the Cathwatton Cup to raise awareness about uh, ovarian cancer, or, of course, the Are You OK Day Cup. This is being played between the St Kilda Sharks and the Eastern Devils for the second time. It is at the Peanut Farm Reserve this Sunday, the 6th of August. And to talk about it, we've got on the line a club legend with the Sharks in Karen Ralph. Kez, how are you? Uh, good, thank you, Peter. I think you're a bit too kind, but thank you anyway. Great to have you on the line, particularly for this uh, cause that we're talking about, the Are You OK Day match, which is happening at uh, the Peanut Farm this weekend. Let's take a step back for a moment. How did the concept of this day come about? Well, look, it came about, I guess, in from a very unfortunate reason in that we had a number of, of players and extended family members of the Sharks who were impacted by suicide of loved ones. Um, and we wanted to make sure that that was something that was um, spoken about and, and, and really, I guess, brought to the attention of the community that this is something that is happening um, and having an impact on every on everyone. So it was a you know are you okay day seemed like a, a campaign that just kind of fit that for us. So how did the work come about? To of course you held your first one last year uh, when you played against the Eastern Devils. How did the concept come about about contacting the organisation and I guess finding things that you could do for them? Yeah, look the are you okay camp are you okay day campaign is is really flexible and I think. Um, they're willing to work with just about anyone who's willing to work with them and get the name out there. So um, as, as far as we at uh, the club went, we sort of had a bit of discussion at committee level and, and when we decided it was them we were after, we, we made contact with AUOK. Um, they've got ambassadors in every state that you can have conversations with and really they're just there to support us in doing whatever we can. So they can supply you know, things like posters and banners, etc. but they also have stock that they can supply us or, again, they're willing to be really flexible with clubs. So we ourselves got a got a specially designed jersey um, that has the yellow colouring of the Are You OK Day campaign and it's also got some purple trim that was a, an important colour for a number of people who, who had passed away. So Are You OK Day campaign, they've, they've been extremely supportive and extremely flexible in, in whatever we would like to do to be able to bring, you know, bring more light to the campaign. You held your first Are You OK Day match last year, as we alluded to, against the Eastern Devils. In fact, the VFL yeah. were down there to stream the game as well. How much of a success yeah. did that day turn out to be? 
Oh, it was huge. Uh, the only thing that didn't really turn out perfectly on the day was the weather. Um, we had, you know, probably the largest crowd that we've seen at one of our women's matches, aside from maybe finals. You know, we had members of the council that were there. Uh, we raised some good funds. But I suppose, you know, again, more for us, it's more about just getting the, the word out there about the AUOK Day campaign and the importance of talking about mental health and about suicide and, and not shying away from that. And I think, you know... Even more so this year with AFL players playing and we've released some videos on the St Kilda Sharks website um, and Facebook page, etc. The the impact that those AFL players can have and their standing in the community just means that this will reach even further this year, I believe, which is which is really what we're aiming for. The money is great, absolutely, that we're able to to raise. However, it's more about the importance of having a conversation that, uh, that we really think is the, the key to the success of the day. So what do you plan to happen on the day this year, of course, being on uh, Sunday, August 6th at the Peanut Farm Reserve? Yeah, so it's look, it's a double header with our Division 1 and our VFL team against Eastern Devils. Eastern Devils are a fantastic club who really support us well through this as well. Um, the Reserves game, although that's not played for the AUO K-Day Cup, um, is a top-of-the-table top clash um, in Division 1. But then the match is between the VFL Devils and Sharks. And if anyone's seen the last few matches of the Devils and Sharks, they've come down to the wire for sure. Um, they play for the RUOK Day Cup. Um, and also the best on ground will get an RUOK medal. Um, again, as I said, we've got the specially designed jerseys um, for the day as well. Um, and we've got some auctions on the day. We've got some raffles. We've got a barbecue that's running our canteen. Basically, any cent that we make on the day will go directly to the AUOK Day campaign. Fantastic. And, Karen, if anyone wants any more information about this special day at the Peanut Farm Reserve, uh, how can they find out that? The St Kilda Sharks Facebook page is probably the, the best page to go to for, for information. So just search for St Kilda Sharks Women's Football Club. You'll find information there. Um, by all means, that they can make contact directly with the club or look at the website, which is stkildasharks.com. Um, that will have information also about the auction items that we have, which is a signed um, 2017 uh, Hawthorne jersey. We've got a signed cricket bat by Cameron White, Victorian captain. We've got a Craig Lounside signed cap. We've got a huge pack of bonds, um, underwear, socks, hosiery, all of that sort of stuff as well. So the website or the Facebook page um, is, is definitely the way to go. Karen, thanks very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy and all the very best on Sunday as the Sharks take on the Eastern Devils for the RUAK Cup. No worries. Thank you very much and thank you for your ongoing support. So if you're in the neighbourhood, the Peanut Farm Reserve in St Kilda, it is literally like 100 to 200 metres away from Luna Park, St Kilda. You cannot miss it. Just near the beach uh, this Sunday, 6th of August, 12pm it starts with a Division 1 game, the main VFL women's match beginning at 2pm when they compete for the RUOK Day Cup. So Get behind it. You're listening to Girls Play Footy on RSN Carnival. A very big day for women's footy in London this Saturday is the AFL London Women's League Grand Finals. That's plural. Not just one grand final this year, two. There's one in the Premier Division and one in the Conference Division. In Premier Division, it's the Wandsworth Demons versus the South East London Giants. In the Conference Division, it's the Clapham Demons, which is Wandsworth Seconds, uh, taking on the West London Wild. Wildcats. We start first by focusing on the Wandsworth Demons. I've got on the line their coach, Mitch Scully. Mitch, thank you very much for joining us here at Girls Play Footy. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Peter. Great to have you on the line. It's uh, nervous for one coach to have one side in a grand final, but you've got two, one in the Premier Division and one in the Conference Division. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm a bit off more than I could chew this season, taking on both jobs at the same time. Um, but yeah, can't wait for the day and two sides run out for the teams is pretty awesome for the club, yeah. What do you put the success down to? Of course, uh, some are uh, happy to have one side out there and getting the full 18. What has been the success for the Wandsworth Demons to not only have two sides, but to have them both at the big dance? Uh, I think just as a club, we've, we've got a really, really strong club culture and we just seem to attract players. We've got good geographical location um, down near Clapham or in Clapham. So a lot of Aussies in the area and a lot of people are just into sport in general. So we seem to constantly attract players and yeah, as a result, we've had about 70 women register for this season, which for a club in London is pretty massive. And I think we've got 48 available for this weekend, so pretty much filling both sides, yeah. 70 is an extraordinary number. You, you talked two years ago here in Melbourne, if you had 70, you were doing pretty well. But to have 70 in the UK is unbelievable. Uh, it is. Um, so in the off-season, we, sort of, we had an inkling that, that we're going to have some big numbers. So the vice president or our women's president, Bianca, Bianca and I were sort of talking about it and we thought, you know, one team's not going to be enough this year. So we went to the league and our president and, yeah, they were happy for us to put a second team in the new conference division. Uh, and it just kept growing from there. So we got to the point where we're up to about 70 paid, paid members and I think 66 of them played during the season. A few due to injuries, work, travel, that sort of thing, weren't able to get a game, but... Yeah, it's just amazing. It's awesome for the club. It's awesome for the league. It's just great to get so many people who are mostly new to footy pulling the boot back. Out of the two sides that you've got, um, obviously you always have your best 22 running around in the Premier Division. How many have been on the fringe going back and forth between the ones and twos? So I guess how many do you have out of that 70 that are ones quality? I'd say we've probably played over well over 30 in the ones, um, but one of the reasons was, you may have remembered the London Footy Carnival one back in, I think it was in May. Um, we had, I think we had at least 15 players play for either GB Island or the London All-Stars, so it gave a lot of our fringe players a chance to play up in the ones. Uh, unfortunately, that was our only loss for the season, but I think it was a good opportunity for those guys to step up. And obviously, with, with people coming and going with the odd holiday, it's, it's summer in London, so you know people pop over to Greece for a holiday or whatever. Um, it just creates opportunities for people to have a bit of a kick in the ones. And we sort of worked out, you know, our best, well, it's 24, pick six on the bench for the weekend. Um, but we've still got a couple that, that could quite easily jump up to the prem grade for the, for the granny if needed. And what's it been like for you with player management um, leading into the rounds before the finals and getting uh, your grand final squad together? Because you were going to lose a number of players, weren't you? Obviously, for the International Cup that's happening this weekend in Melbourne. Yeah, we've lost uh, we've got four. So two for Ireland, two for GB. Then we've, we've got a few girls injured and a few who we knew were going to be travelling. So we sort of, we've been building up to this for for months really um you know with the help of the leadership team our captain bex um one of our other leaders emily campbell she's that we've got a little a little group chat and we're pretty much on it every day looking at who's available building up towards the finals uh we had a game at, i think it was our last home and away game we played the hawk so we specifically picked only players that knew were available for the finals because we wanted to get that team to gel together because yeah it's just it's 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 a league where you constantly have players coming and going for various reasons, um, and especially this year with the IC losing some of our 
real quality players over to, to Melbourne. So we wish them all the best of luck, but we'd love to have them here in London too. Let's first have a look at the conference division. Uh, what do you make of your opponents, the West London Wildcats? Uh, they're the team to beat, I think, Pete. They've been undefeated all season. So, um, yeah, we know we're in for a tough game with them. The first round of the year, we I think one of our girls had a shot from about 40 out, which bounced and hit the post. Um, we lost by five. So if they had rolled in, it would have been a draw. The next meeting, they gave us a bit of a touch-up on our ground. Uh, last week, in the, or two weeks ago, in the qualifying final, we played them and they, they got off to a really good start. They kicked four goals to our to our zip in the first half. Uh, but one of their better players, Jess Humble, unfortunately for her, she got injured. But I think probably it probably evened things up a little bit. And we managed to, well, both teams were goalless in the second half, but we managed to sort of hold them. So, yeah, if we can bring that defensive and, you know, that pressure and I guess the physicality, that's what our conference team's known for. Bring it on the weekend. Anything's possible. How about the South East London Giants who seem to have just hit form at the right time to uh, get into the big dance to take you on in the Premier Division? Yeah, well, they are the team that beat us during the season, so we know what they're capable of. Um, we, had, we had a good result against them the second time around, but their, their results have constantly gotten better over the season. Um, and then the first final, I think they're probably quite lucky against the Hawks. They... They were down and then got a free kick and scored a goal with minutes to go. But having said that, they probably were the better side on the day. They're unlucky not to, to win my more probably. But then last week against the Lions, uh, the Lions finished second during the season. We had a fair, fair idea that the Giants might, might go well because the Lions are heavily represented in the GB women's squad. So the Lions were a bit undermanned. Um, so obviously gave the Giants an opportunity to go out there and they played some really good footy in wet conditions. So... Yeah, they've got a couple of good players in the midfield with Ish Stevenson and Laura Quinton. So if we can hold them um, and their tall ruck, I'd back us in. But obviously, anything can happen in a final. From your point of view, who's hit form at the right time for the finals in your side? Uh, we, we've got a couple of sisters. So Tessa Hankinson and her sister Greta Hankinson, or Pudge as she's better known. So Tessa played last year and was was one of our co or equal best and fairest winners. Her sister joined in this season, a uh, very different type of player. She started at fullback and was just was a force to be reckoned with. Nothing got past her, and then we thought we'll give her give her a run up forward. And she's the last couple of weeks she's kicked I think, bags of four four goals. So I think if we can if we can win the footy out of the middle and get the ball down to Pudge, uh, we're we're a good chance. And, of course, a very big day for women's football in London, leaving aside the two grand finals. Uh, once all's done and dusted, uh, I guess many will be heading to the pub for a few celebratory drinks. And then while you're there, 10.45pm your time, uh, the GB Swans get underway in the International Cup, taking on Pakistan. Yeah, it's a great weekend of footy. So from our perspective, uh, the Wandsworth Demons, not only are we hosting the grand final this year, we've got all five of our teams playing. So I think I'd like to think that's some sort of a record. I don't know if many many footy clubs have had that happen. So um, that'll be a massive day at Clapham Common. If the weather's good, we're expecting maybe a thousand people to get down. It's been well well advertised on all the various Facebook groups in London for Australians, um, and obviously non Aussies as well. Uh, and then yeah, obviously we've got a few mates playing for GB. So. You know, depending on how, how heavy the celebrations or commiserations are, we might try and tune in for that. There could be a fair chance we'll be partying too hard, so we might have to uh, wait for later in the week to catch up and watch a replay of those girls running around. 
a few sore and weary heads, to say the least, on the Sunday morning. Thank you very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy, and we wish you all the very best this weekend in the AFL London Women's League in both the Conference Division Grand Final and the Premier Division Grand Final. Thanks, Peter. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Let's check in now with the Demons' opponents in the Premier Division Grand Final. I've got on the line from the South East London Giants, Mariana Graham. Mariana, how are you? Hi, Peter. Thanks for having me again. I'm good. Great to have you on the line. Is there nerves in the stomach? Are the butterflies there? You're playing in the 2017 Grand Final. Oh, there's definite nerves. I mean, it's, it's to come from where we come from at the beginning of the season to say that on Saturday we're playing in our, in our first ever Grand Final is... Is is such an amazing, amazing achievement. But yeah, we're def- definitely nervous. So let's talk about going from the start of the season to now. Of course, we knew that you took that trip over to Iceland to play in that match. What's happened since then to find form for your team to get to the position that you're at now? Um, I think we were lucky enough to pick up some uh, a really a great bunch of girls that have worked really hard throughout sort of like the preseason and during the season. And just have that sort of never have never say die attitude to go into a game, although maybe um, initially as underdogs to come out sort of on top at the end. So we've just um, gelled together as a group and worked really hard. And what a finals campaign it's been so far. You've worked your way through to get to the grand final. For you, who's hit form at the right time of the season? Um, we've had we've had a few players hit form. Um, Tamara had has had some fantastic games the last. Um, three or four games that she's played. Um, we've had Janice play sort of like out in our centre half back line. Um, Steph has helped out in the rock. Um, I, th- I honestly think it's been a, a team effort rather than just an individual effort. You've got a big grand final against the Wandsworth Demons, who, of course, have got some pedigree. They, of course, uh, won the inaugural premiership in 2015 and have been having a great 2017 season. Who do you see as the main threats from their side that you've got to stop to, to take the flag? Um, oh gosh, they've got they've got a few great players in there. So I think we'll have to be wary of whoever they put in their team. Um, uh, you know, like their midfield and their back line is quite solid. So uh, and they've been fairly consistent throughout the whole season. Really, I think the only game they lost was against us in round three. So um, you know, hopefully they're probably aware of us. They know that anything can happen on the day. So we'll have to see who they put out. As you mentioned for that round three loss, what do you think you can take out of that game to to give into the message to implement for this grand final? I think anything is possible. Um, you go out there and uh, you know the, the game the game's anybody. So um, go out there, have fun, be first to the ball. Um, you know, and anything can happen. Like you know, uh, we were definitely done dogs that day, and sort of came out on top. And there's nothing to say that that this grand final will be any different so we'll go out there give it our best shot and and hopefully it will turn out for the for the best and it's a big 24 hours isn't it for footy over there because uh, obviously you've got your grand final afterwards uh, you'll be having the celebrations to uh, to drink away what's been a big 2017 season but at the same time I think later that night you get to uh, go onto YouTube and end up watching some of the girls run around for the Great Britain Swans in their first ever international cup match yeah, which is fantastic. It's sort of like all happening at the same time, but it's just great to see so much, so much like women's footy being played out there. Well, Mariana, thank you very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy, and we wish you all the very best this Saturday when you take on the Wandsworth Demons in the 2017 AFL London Women's Premiership Division Grand Final.
No problems. Thanks, Peter. And now for the opponents of the Clapham Demons in the Conference Division Grand Final. I have on the line the coach of the West London Wildcats in Ben Beetson. Ben, how are you? Hey, Peter. Thanks for having me, mate. Very good, thanks. Great to hear, and uh, I've got to ask you straight up, is there butterflies in the belly? You're a bit nervous heading to this weekend, the first ever grand final for the Wildcats. Yeah, absolutely, right. It's, uh, it's exciting times down at uh, Wildcat Land, and uh, yeah, it is, a, it is a little bit nervous, nerve-wracking, uh, obviously for myself, but um, yeah, I think the players are a little bit nervous. I think it was the, the first, obviously, semi-final we had last week, and uh, there was a few nerves, so I'm sure there'll be uh, a few more this week as well. Can you tell us just quickly, as we focused on uh, with Adele last time around when we talked about uh, the women's side, but how many sides are there when you include men's social, etc., at the Wildcats? Yeah, so we've got uh, four teams. So we've got, uh, obviously, the Premier Division, the Reserves, and the uh, and a social team as well, and, uh, and the women's team. So, yeah, four teams at uh, Wildcat Land. And has it been planned for a big presence for, I don't know, the busload or whatever to come on down to obviously support the women in their first ever grand final? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, it was a bit disappointing for the guys. Uh, last week we had uh, all three teams, um, all three men's teams in the prelims, but uh, only one of them managed to get through, which was the which was the Raiders. Um, so yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, everyone is, uh, is definitely coming down for the support, and uh, and yeah, we've had great support all year, so we're expecting a, a big crowd there on the weekend. This, of course, was the first year for the Wildcats fielding a women's team in the AFL uh, London competition. How have you seen the progress of the side from when you first started taking them over in round one to where they're at now? Yeah, absolutely, mate. So the, the girls have grown absolutely exponentially. Um, I guess it was my first year coaching as well, so um, I've definitely learnt um, throughout the year as well and grown from that. But, uh, yeah, a little bit early on, obviously, um, the skill level was, uh, was a little bit low, so we had to sort of focus on basic skills and, and just basic game plan and uh, to getting the girls used to that contested kind of footy, which uh, which in the women's league, it's, uh, it's pretty contested. Um, so, yeah, really the first three games were, were just learning those basic skills and then getting used to footy and then um, we've seen a massive growth in the, in the second half of the season. I guess in the first half of the season we had an average winning margin of probably about 15 points. Um, in the second half of the season um, that's gone up to 45 points. So, um, yeah, grown, grown massively. Now, I believe in your side you've actually got a former W League player. Am I correct? Uh, not a former W League player, but a former um, women's Premier Division soccer player, yeah. um, which, is, which is Jessie Humble, and unfortunately she uh, hurt her knee last week, um, but she wasn't going to be available for the grand final uh, anyway. But um, yeah, unfortunately for her, she, she hurt her knee. But she's had an, an, an extraordinary season, um, coming from a soccer background, and um, yeah, just has absolutely pretty much dominated this season. It's the first season of AFL that she's played. Um, really, she's just been kicking around in the backyard, but um, just her skill level and her and her awareness around a contest is, uh, is been, and there's been a lot of comments that uh, she'd probably make uh, one of the one of the men's teams as well but um, yeah she'd slot into a WAFL team uh, tomorrow for sure and of course uh, she helped the side get through to the grand final for, for your eyes who's been in form of late for the Wildcats who's really uh, put their hand up as we get into the grand final yeah, absolutely. Um, really, our whole leadership team has really stood up throughout the year and, and really got us to where we are at the moment. Um, Zali Tuvi has, um, has been, been dominating throughout the season, um, our leading goal kicker and, uh, 
and shook captain aside on the weekend for the grand final. Um, our ruckman, Christina, um, who's missed a few games throughout the season, um, we're travelling, but um, we're, we're glad to have her back to the, to the finals as well. Um, and she's had a great um, last couple of games as well. Um, but yeah, our whole leadership team, Chloe Beck down back as well. Um, the back line probably doesn't get as much kudos as they as they deserve because um, we've had a, had a great season to the midfield and the forward line and, and really it's gone down in the back line probably five or six to seven times per game. But um, Chloe's been um, great for us down there as well, part of our leadership team and really leading the back line throughout the season. You take on the Wandsworth Demons seconds in the grand final. How have you matched up against them throughout the season? Yeah, it's been an interesting season with Wandsworth. Um, I guess we played in round one. We had a uh, five-point victory. And I think um, one of the Wandsworth girls had a shot with 10 seconds to go on the clock in that game and it bounced inside the gold square and, uh, and bounced right angles instead of going straight. So it probably would have been a draw that game. But that was a pretty close game. Um, we met them again in the fourth game. We played them for the second time and I think we won by 45 points that game. Um, 25 points obviously last a couple of weeks ago in the semi-final but, um, but yeah just that final pressure mate we, we spoke to the girls about uh, leading up to the semi-final that um, really during the season um, you don't experience that, that kind of pressure that you do in the finals and then ones that came out firing in the semi-finals in the first quarter and um, really took the girls by surprise so um, I think even this week um, the pressure will be right on as well but I think we'll be a bit more prepared for that pressure this weekend well, Ben, thank you very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy, and we wish you and the girls all the very best as you compete in the AFL London Women's League Conference Division Grand Final this Saturday. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate it, mate. Cheers. Now, for those in Australia that want to check out the action from the AFL London Women's League Grand Finals, I can tell you that Bar TV Sports is uh, live streaming these games through the YouTube page. So just go onto youtube.com and search for Bar TV Sports. And at about 8 PM Australian Eastern Standard Time is the Conference Division Final. That is this Saturday between the Clapham Demons and the West London Wildcats. And also this Saturday night at 11.20pm Australian Eastern Standard Time it is the Premier Conference Grand Final between the Wandsworth Demons and the South East London Giants. So again, go to youtube.com and search for Bar TV Sports to be able to find the links or keep an eye on our girlsplayfooty.com Facebook page and Twitter and uh, we'll let you know all about it on Saturday. Time for our State Leagues wrap and Alison Schiller from the Two Crows podcast apologises that she can't be with us this week. She's feeling a bit under the weather, but we hope to have her back next week to review round nine. So what happened over the weekend in the Adelaide Footy League Women's Division 1? It was round eight, where Salisbury 14-22-106 easily accounted for Modbury two behind. Moffatville Park 13-14-92 defeated Port Adelaide 2-2-14, while Adelaide University 17-10-112 defeated West Adelaide 2-3-15. Round 9 action this weekend sees one game on the Saturday 7pm at City Mazda Stadium when West Adelaide host Modbury. On Sunday 1pm at Callant Reserve, Morfordville Park host Salisbury and 2pm at Alberton Oval, the Port Adelaide Magpies host Adelaide University. Having a look at the WAWFL, it was their final round, round 16 last Sunday, where South Fremantle 4-2-26 went down to the Pill Thunderbirds 17 10 100 
13-12. Perth Angels, 13-9-87, defeated East Perth, two behinds. Claremont, 1-1-7, got smashed by Swan Districts, 22-10-142, while West Perth, 2-1-13, were no match for the Coastal Titans, 15-17-107. Their semifinals kick off this weekend. Both games on Sunday, both starting at 2 p.m. at Claremont Oval. It's the major semifinal between the Coastal Titans and Swan Districts, while the elimination semifinal is at East Fremantle Oval between the East Frio Sharks and the Claremont Tigers. Time to find out what's happening in the AFL Sydney Women's Premier Division, and I've got on the line Lauren Hodgson. Lauren, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks, Peter. How are you after the weekend's footy? Not too bad at all. Glad not to be blown away by the wind at Weemstown and still in one piece. Uh, let's have a look what happened at, at Sydney Way. You had an early start on Saturday morning for a cracking game between the Power and the Wolves. Yeah, the uh, Power vs Wolves game uh, was kicking off the day at Gawley Oval with an 8.30 start, so a uh, bit, bit chilly in the morning. But um, look, it, it was a really tough and tight contest uh, right throughout the whole game. Uh, the Wolves actually held an 11-point lead at, at half time. However, a goalless third quarter meant that that lead was reduced to two points at the final break. And uh, the Power also kept the Wolves goalless in the last quarter as well and kicked three of their own to r- run out the game with a 16-point victory. And uh, Ash McClure was strong up forward for the Power with uh, four goals of her own. Saturday, 12 o'clock at Trumpet Park. It was the Shamrocks and the Breakaways, and the Breakaways broke away from the Shamrocks. Yeah, so the final score is Shamrocks 25 uh, to the Breakaways 76. So the Breakaways had their fourth win of the year uh, with this victory over the Shamrocks. Gillian uh, Behan kicked all uh, three of the Shamrocks goals, while Cody Briggs kicked seven for the Breakaways. So definitely a a, um, a great game there from, from Cody Briggs. And, um, yeah, much better second half of the season uh, for Newtown. Stingrays getting the job done over the Giants. Yeah, look, it was a uh, as expected. The Stingrays had a big, big win over the Giants, but it was a much better scoreline than their previous encounters, where the Giants had actually been held goalless. Uh, so whilst it was a uh, you know a big margin there, um, forty nine points, it was still a, a big improvement for the Giants to uh, to get a get a few goals there. Uh, although Belinda Pride was strong up forward for the team. And the Battle of the Universities, uh, the Sydney Uni Bombers beaten Macquarie University. Yeah, look, the final score was 52 uh, for the Sydney Uni Bombers to Mac Uni Warriors 28. Uh, and whilst it wasn't a blowout scoreline, as has been the case in many of the Bombers games this season, uh, the Bombers were never in danger as they kept the Warriors goalless until the third term. Uh, Emma Swanson kicked two goals for the Warriors as well and was named in their best, while Rachel State kicked three for the Bombers. Let's have a look ahead to round 15 this weekend, all games on Saturday, the 5th of August. 10.30am, the Stingrays hosting the ETS Shamrocks. Yeah, look, it's sure to be a really good contest. Um, I mean, look, tipping the, the Stingrays there, obviously they're uh, on top of the ladder and, and Shamrocks are out of finals contention, but Shamrocks have improved as the season's gone on, so it should be uh, a good game to watch. 11 o'clock at Grey Gums Oval, the Auburn Penrith Giants hosting the Southern Power. Yeah, Power's turn to uh, travel out uh, to Penrith uh, this week. A uh, bit of a, a long drive for the uh, Southern Power girls there. Should be a close game. Uh, I think it'll be closer than the last time there, uh, but tipping the Giants in a close one. 
at uh, Mahoney Park at 11 o'clock, the Newtown Breakaways hosting Macquarie University. Yeah, look, that should be a really good game. Um, although I think, obviously, uh, despite the, the loss against the Stingrays last week, I think uh, Mac Uni are in really good form over the last sort of five to six weeks and expecting they'll have a, a win there, uh, but only by sort of two to three goals. Obviously, Newtown have improved a lot, so it should be another great game. And 5pm at Henson Park, the Sydney Uni Bombers hosting the Western Wolves. Yeah, look, I think obviously the, the Wolves have had a disappointing season and would have been looking to uh, get their second win of the year against Power, um, but I think they'll be uh, in for a loss this weekend against the uh, Sydney Uni Bombers, who are uh, premiership favourites along with the Stingrays. Well, Lauren, thanks very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy, and we look forward to catching up with you next week to talk more AFL Sydney Women's Premier Division. Yeah, looking forward to it, Peter. Uh, always happy to chat about women's footy. Time to find out what's been happening in the AFL Canberra Women's Competition. Round 16 was played last weekend with the Quimbian Tigers 15-8-98 defeated the ADFA Rams 1-1-7. ANU Griffins 1-1-7 defeated by Ainsley 6-4-40. Malongolo Juggernauts 2-3-15 defeated by Eastlake 17-7-109. Kudamundra Blues 1-3-9 defeated by Balconnan Magpies 12-13-85. And the Tungwinon Hawks 2 straight 12 went down to the Riverine Alliance 6-14-50. Now it is round 17 in their competition this weekend. One game on the Saturday, 10am at Gumley Over, where the Riverine Alliance hosts the Eastlake Demons. All other games on Sunday, 9.45am at Allen Ray Oval. Ainsley Tricolors host the Malongolo Juggernauts. 10am at Greenway Oval. Tugwinong Hawks host the Quimbian Tigers. 12pm at Clark Oval. Kudamundra Blues host the ADFA Rams. And 1pm at Amaru 101. Gungarland Jets host the ANU Griffins with Balconnan having the bye. Time to find out what's happening in the Bond University QWAFL. And I've got on the line our Queensland footy guru in Aaron Russell. Aaron, how are you? Uh, great, as always. Thank you, Peter. Great to have you. Coming to that time of year. Yes, indeed. It's almost finals fever. Let's have a look at what happened in the penultimate round, round 16, where uh, University of Queensland Red Lions got done by Cooperoo. Yeah, look, it was um, that's basically. UQ's, UQ's season there, so there was a lot riding on that game for them. Um, you know, and yeah, Cooper are uh, hitting form at the right time of year. Um, you know, there was a couple of couple of really handy players getting around for UQ um, that day. A few that are definitely going to stake their uh, claims for well, Lions, um, and pro- probably I wouldn't have thought anyone else would be looking at them. They're quite unknown, but Emma Pittman had a really good day out. She's, her skills have improved phenomenally. Um, and uh, Megan Hunt doing a job and Conan looking good down the back. As we know, they already already signed those girls. But, yeah, unfortunately, that's, that's probably going to see UQ uh, as final hopes dashed um, after after that week, unfortunately. But uh, for Cooper fans, they're, they're hitting their straps at the right time of year, uh, maintain top spot on, on top of the ladder. Yeronga South Brisbane, 25-point winners over Coolangatta Tweed. Yeah, Yeronga, uh, look, again, um, you know, these, these are obviously, we're getting a look at, uh, the top sides, um, you know, potential final preview matches here. So, um, yeah, it was another, another good game, uh, on the park. Cooley were with them right up till, till the half time. It looked like it could have been anyone's game. Um, you know, and, uh, yeah, Yeronga, um, getting the wood over them, uh, in, in this round. Um, uh, you, you, uh, Cooley's hope's still alive, though, Peter. So that's that's the main thing there. Um, you know, barring absolute catastrophe, they they'll they'll play final. Um, 
coming up. So that'll be that'll be good. The tough season for Zilmir continues. They got on the scoreboard, but uh, they still went down by just under 100 points. Uh, pardon me, just over 100 points, 106 points in the end to Maruchidor. Yeah, so it was a, it was a, a battle of the uh, bottom two sides of the competition. Um, you know, the the ever-improving Ruse, young side there, um, were able to get the win over Zilmir. And, uh, and, you know, yeah, Zilmir been battling hard uh, all season as well. Um, and and that'll, that'll round out... Uh, uh, them for their last win of the year. I think um, Zilmi get the bye next week and uh, yeah, Marucci will play UQ. So. Let's have a look ahead to that round 17 clash. It's actually an early morning game, 11.45am. Marucci door hosting uh, the University of Queensland Red Lions. Yeah, so I mean, as, as far as uh, finals are concerned, um, and this will have no uh, bearing on, on those. Um, but, you know, but both, obviously expect both sides to um, you know, play play for pride, as as they say, Peter. So uh, I dare say, you know, UQ will be really wanting to finish their season strong. Um, you know, they'll, they'll be pretty disappointed in, in how they went as a whole this season. Um, you know, I, I think everyone sort of expected them definitely be a finals contender. Um, you know, they, they still can potentially make finals, um, but they would be needing to have an absolute massive win. Uh, and be expecting um, you know, Wilson or or uh, um, well, sorry, probably not Wilson now, but um, Cool and Gatto to have a, a extremely large loss uh, and, and and then have a massive win. So there's still a slight slight chance if you believe in miracles, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's looking less likely for them. Cool and Gatto Tweed uh, host Cooperoo 4:45 p.m. at Peak Oval. Yeah, so this will be this will be the battle, uh, probably what I would have thought um, match of the round. Um, uh, they, they they've got home ground advantage there. Um, they always play well at home, um, and you know, uh, not not a huge bearing on finals for them. But they're going to be wanting to to get into some form. They started to get some some of their players back. Um, some of the young girls who were playing really well last week: Ruby Blair, um, Ariana Clark. Um, had splendid games uh, last week um, for Cooley he, he going down to Yoronga on the weekend. So you know, they'll be expecting to to hit some form coming into finals time. Um, but you know, as we know, Cooper have been building. They've been the sleeping giant um, for for most of the season. So uh, look, it's going to be going to be a tough game um, for Cooley, even though at home. Um, just going on on Cooper's form as they've been coming into the finals. Uh, tough, tough to call, always a call, uh, without knowing exactly what players are going to be in and out um, prior to this one taking place. But, look, I, I have to say, uh, Cooper are going to take this one out going into the final um, by a very small margin. And finally, 4.45pm at Bendigo Bank Oval, uh, Wilston Grange Gorillas hosting Yoronga South Brisbane Devils. Yeah, so th- another another game um, coming to finals could be a, a final preview. Uh, again, um, Wilson uh, coming off the bye. So speaking of a few of those girls during the week, and they're they're itching to get out on the park and test themselves against what a lot of people um, you know assume as the the premiership contenders in in Yoronga. Um, Yoronga have basically been playing the last few weeks with with uh, majority of their players back, if not not all. Um, you know, I know I know a player you're particularly uh, fond of, Peter Jordan Zencheta, and waiting for her to make a comeback, and she's been playing some good footy. Um, and easing into her season. So Yonga are looking like uh, they're almost at full strength now. So it's going to be a really tough game for Wilson. Um, but Wilson's, Wilson's main advantage is their spine. 
Um, they, their, their spine is looking really good down the spine. And if, if their flankers on, on both ends of the field um, you know, can complement that spine, then then you know they, they're going to they could prove uh, difficult task come finals for all those top sides. So look, expect you're going to win this, but not go down without a fight. Will be Wilson. Well, Aaron, thanks very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy. We look forward to catching up with you next week to talk more Bond University QWAFL. As always, thank you for having me, Peter. Turning our attention now to the Tasmanian State League women's competition. Round 10 was played over the weekend. Glenorchy 4-2-20 went down to Launceston 5-6-36, while Bernie 2-5-17 just got over the Tigers 2-3-15. Now, round 11 this weekend, both games on the Sunday at 12pm at Windsor Park. Launceston hosts Clarence, while at 1pm at West Park, Bernie hosts Glenorchy. Time to check out what's been happening in the Swiss Wellness V VFL Women's Competition, and I've got on the line our lead caller here on RSN Carnival in Matthew Cox. Coxie, how are you? Oh, I'm very well, Pete. I'm still recovering from that game on Sunday afternoon. I'll tell you what, that was one of the best games of women's football that I have ever seen, Diamond Creek and St Kilda Sharks. We'll review it in a minute because there were some other interesting games across the round as well. The win played havoc on Saturday in this round 10. Darabin 2-8-20, defeating Geelong 1-1-7. Only one goal and what's that? Uh, five behind scored after quarter time. It's um, it's quite an interesting scoreline, isn't it? We know the wind was was definitely a factor on uh, Saturday afternoon. But I tell you what, credit to Geelong. Looking at that scoreline, they've been able to hold Darabin quite defensively, which is a credit to them. I think. Uh, this time last week, uh, I said that it would have to be under four goals to be respectable and, and give Geelong the best chance possible of, of making finals. And they were able to achieve that with only a 13-point margin at the the end of the day. So um, their finals hopes remain alive, although uh, they're probably what, the most unlikely to, to make it given the, the situation. Darabin on the other side of the coin couple of games now where they probably would have expected to do a little bit better, being a bit more convincing uh, against the Spurs I'm referring to uh, a fortnight ago and Geelong on the weekend. They would have hoped to have got uh, bigger margins in both of those matches and just try and shape up ready for the finals. Uh, let's hope it's not a trend and we'll certainly find that out this weekend. VUS and Spurs 4-5-29 defeating Seaford four behinds. Apparently uh, Ben Jolly, the Williamstown men's uh, captain, said it was the worst of the conditions he's seen at Burbank Oval. We were there calling it. It was a gale blowing to one side of the ground. Four goals were kicked in the first term and there was just behinds after that. Shocking conditions. Yeah, and not 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 great, especially with women's football. We know that the, the skills aren't quite as good as, as men's football at the moment, so that obviously makes things a little bit harder. Added to that, Seaford is the bottom side of the competition, so you knew they were going to, to struggle uh, in the end, I suppose, to, to get four behinds on the board uh, after scoreless in the first three terms. Uh, credit, credit to them for the Spurs, again, doing what they need to do to keep their finals hopes alive. Sunday games, first of all, Frank at Holmes Oval in Cranbourne and Box Hill bring up their second win of the year, 4-2-26, defeating Cranbourne one straight six. Oh, I'm going to keep boasting about this, Pete. I picked it 
So I picked it. Um, good result for Box Hill Hawks. Two wins on the trot now. As I said last week on the program, they're just building that confidence and momentum that we've spoken so often about this season. And uh, I think they're, they're going to have a little bit of a purple patch. They're probably not going to win many more games in 2017. But I think they've got the success now to, to really build around and uh, look forward to the, to the future with that group. They've uh, blooded a lot of players in 2017, so they're only going to get stronger. And for Cranbourne on their side of the coin, it, it's been a difficult season, as we've so often referred to. The injuries certainly haven't helped the boards. Thought they probably would have developed a little bit more than what they have in 2017. It's a disappointing result for them to go down. and Obviously, now they're one of the bottom two sides of the competition. 25 goals were kicked at Mount Waverley on Sunday when Melbourne Uni 17-4-106 defeated the Eastern Devils 8-3-51. Yeah, looking at the, the scoreboard, you'd suggest Melbourne Uni have kicked back into gear after a, a month of footy where they were performing below par, well below par, um, and looking quite tired and fatigued are the two words that I've used to describe them. Good to see that they've come back into a bit of form uh, with, with what's that, 17 and 4, 21 scoring shots. Um, it's quite unbelievable compared to when the last time I saw them out at Diamond Creek. They uh, they really struggled to score in that match. Eastern Devils, they've had a very, very tough season. Um, probably expected them to go a little bit harder in the game, um, but uh, unfortunately for them, uh, couldn't quite achieve that. Good to see uh, our old friend Sarah Perkins uh, scoring six goals on the weekend. Just fine-tuning her skills. The premiership player for the Adelaide Crows returning to the uh, Adelaide side in 2018. And finally, the game that we saw as part of our match of the round, Diamond Creek 5-7-37, hanging on against the St Kilda Sharks 4-8-32. Yeah, what a what a cracking match! Uh, only four behind scored in the first term to the St Kilda Sharks. It was a real arm wrestle. The defensive pressure, as we said throughout the broadcast, was incredible from both sides. I don't think I've ever ever seen uh, women's football with pressure as high as that from two competing teams, which is a credit to them. Um, we know how. Great Diamond Creek have been through the throughout the course of 2017, and we know that the St Kilda Sharks on their day can perform really well. Little uh, concern that probably one of the hallmarks for the Sharks this season has been their fitness and ability to run out of games. Obviously, with the pace that it was played at yesterday, they just couldn't quite hang on uh, and and hold their composure too at the end. Taylor Harris uh, missing a couple of crucial shots on goal to uh, be able to put them away. Madison Gay scored three goals. Uh, her uh, impressive season continues for them. On the other side of the coin, geez, it was a real even Kriegers lineup again. They all played their role, even though I think Scott Gowans was a was a disappointed in their performance and the game was played more on the Sharks' terms. But uh, they had contributors everywhere. We awarded Emma Grant uh, the uh, Best on Ground award, but I'll tell you what, it could have gone to about 22. 
Let's have a look at round 11 action. Now, on Saturday, we're quite not sure if it's going to be morning or afternoon. It was originally going to be 2.30pm. Uh, as of uh, Monday evening, we saw us at 10am on Saturday it's going to be have uh, held. Uh, we'll get it confirmed with the VFL. Keep an eye on Girls Play Footy on Twitter for the confirmed match time. But as it stands, 10am Saturday, 5th of August, Preston City Oval, second versus first, Darabin and Diamond Creek. Let's just hope that this match is uh, not like the other first versus second game we did uh, a couple of weeks ago. I'm expecting this to be a real tight contest. Bigger ground too, which I think is a concern for the Creekers considering uh, how exhausting yesterday's game probably was for them. I'm going to go with Darabin to cause uh, Diamond Creek's second loss for 2017, but I am not confident with that tip. This is going to be a great match and potentially a grand final preview. 11.45am on Saturday, the 5th of August, Box Hill City Oval. The Box Hill Hawks hosting Geelong. The Hawks got flogged by the Cats in round one. Don't think it'll be the same case this time round. No, I think it's going to be a lot closer on uh, Box Hill City Oval as well. So the Hawks' home deck, they should play that ground really, really well and be full of confidence after the last two games that they've played. I still think Geelong's going to win by about five goals, but it's going to be a cracking contest. 2pm Saturday at Frankston Oval. The Seaford Tigerettes are hosting Cranbourne, the bottom two sides. Yeah, and probably one of the last opportunities Seaford's going to get to uh, get a win over the line in 2017. And I tell you what, I think they're going to get it too. I think uh, coming up against Cranbourne, a side they know really well from the old uh, Division 1 days of the VWFL, um, I just don't think Cranbourne's got a minute in it at the moment, even though I know there's a, a big injury concern down at the Tiger Reds. Let's have a look at the games on Sunday, uh, 2 p.m. at Main Oval, Melbourne University. The Muggers and the Spurs, third versus fourth. This game's critical for both teams. It certainly is. It's a, it's a big match in the context of the season. Melbourne Uni really need to stand up here. They need to put in a similar performance to what they did against the Devils on the weekend and the Spurs, they really need to put a, a genuine contender to the sword and prove that they are going to be a, a genuine part of the final series in 2017. It's going to be a real close game. I'm going to tip the Muggers because it's on their home deck, but I'll tell you what, I reckon it'll be under two goals. And finally, 2pm at the Peanut Farm Reserve, the St Kilda Sharks host the Eastern Devils as part of their Are You OK fundraising match. Yeah, big fundraiser. It was a great day down there last year from all reports, and I think this year is planning on being a, a bigger and better day. So if anyone's in the St Kilda area on Sunday, get on down and have a look at uh, this match, although it's not... Uh, do or die, uh, the Sharks will be looking to uh, get back on the winner's list after a, uh, well, I was going to say disappointing loss, but it wasn't that on the weekend, uh, a heartbreaking loss uh, against Diamond Creek. Um, expecting the Sharks to get the job done here and they'll be looking to, to boost their percentage to give them the best shot at making the top four. Well, Coxie, thank you very much for your time. We look forward to your company on Saturday for the big second versus first battle, Darabin and Diamond Creek on RSN Carnival. Till then, thanks very much. Thanks, Pete.
Well, that just about wraps things up for yet another week. A quick reminder about the AFL International Cup. It happens over two weeks. It officially kicks off on Saturday with a launch at Governor House before a parade of nations during the Essendon-Carlton game at the MCG. But they start playing on Sunday. There's two men's divisions and one women's division. And, of course, uh, check out the women's division happening at Ransford Oval on Sunday. There's four games back-to-back kicking off from 8.45 a.m in the morning. That's the first game between Great Britain Swans and Pakistan. At 10.30, you've then got the game between uh, Canada and Fiji, followed by that at uh, 12.15pm, Papua New Guinea taking on the European Crusaders. And then at 2pm, it should be a cracking game, USA Freedom versus the Irish Banshees. That's this Sunday, Ransford Oval in Royal Park. Get along there, free entry. Check out round one of the AFL International Cup Women's Division. And don't forget on RSN Carnival this Saturday morning on air at 9am for an early 10am bounce down. Preston City Oval, second versus first. Darabin and Diamond Creek in the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Competition, our match of the round. Until next time, I'm Peter Holden. Thanks for your company and it's bye for now.